Okay, everybody, Parshas Mishpatim, uh, and really the first Parsha uh, since we started, the, you know, the Torah from the beginning, uh, to kind of shift out of the narrative uh, type of text and shift towards a focus on halachos, right? Lots, if you read the Parsha, lots of random, seemingly random halachos uh, about civil law, Benadam Lechavero, uh, we have Evid Ivri, Ama Ivria, uh, right, Hebrew servants, uh, different Averos, Ben Al that uh, end up with a death penalty, uh, injuring people, but people on people, animals on people, uh, different type of torts, the uh, halachas of Shomrim, right, the mitzvah to give out loans, there's some Shemitah, there's Aliyah Larego, right, a lot of different halachos, right, at the beginning, or really through through most of the Parsha until about uh, Shishi uh, or Shvi. Then we get towards the end. We get a fascinating insight uh, back into Parsha's Mat- into the Parsha of Matan Torah, right? Machlokas and Rishonim, whether this is a continuation or if it actually happened before Matan Torah, right? The Ramban says this is a continuation. Rashi says it happened already. Okay, but basically we delve back into Maibad Arsinai. We have Nasa Vinishma, which is underratedly in Parsha's Mishpatim and not in Parsha's Yisro. Uh, there's uh, a story about uh, the Nadav and Aviyu, all the Shem Zikenim and Moshe Aaron, they have this revelation uh, of uh, almost like the Kisei Akavod, some sort of sapphire image of, of whatever, uh, however you understand that. And uh, finally, the story ends with uh, Moshe ascending uh, to the mountain. Uh, Yeshua sitting there and waiting for him. The Gemara says that Yeshua kind of camped down uh, on some, you know, on the mountain or, or just off the mountain, maybe. Uh, and the Gemara says that Kosh uh, who moved his allotment of mun so that you know it would fall right next to him, so that he could stay there and wait for Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Because we do see that when Moshe runs down, Yeshua is waiting for him, right? But when they make the eagle off, so Yeshua stays there. And that's basically the end of the parsha. As Moshe goes up into the uh, into the clouds, um, Gemara does just, also just to illustrate that the Gemara just says in, in Sukkot and Dafhei right, that Moshe didn't actually ascend physically into heaven. Right, he went to the top of the mountain, obviously. But then when we talk about Moshe ascending, right, that's already a spiritual concept that uh, Kosh Baruch Hu, uh, you know, that the Moshe is for whatever reason he was able to ascend spiritually and then converse with the angels and. Right, okay, fine, you can check that out, that Gemara. Um, and then finally, uh, after this week's Parsha, right, we this week is Parsha Shkolem, uh, where we read about uh, the Machzitz HaShekel. Uh, we always read that before Rosh Chodesh Adar, and Mitzvah should be a very joyous month after, uh, you know, a couple of difficult weeks in Eretz Yisrael with the terrorist attacks, etc. We'll touch on that at the end. Uh, we're not going to talk about Parsha Shkolem today, uh, simply because... You know, that's, it's the beginning of Parsha Kisisa, and that's coming up in a couple of weeks, so we'll save any divrei that we have uh, about Parsha Shkolem for that, and we'll, we'll focus on, uh, on Mishpatim right now. So let's, let's, uh, let's dive right in. Again, the first Pasuk, Vela HaMishpatim HaShetasim Lufnehem, these are the Mishpatim, these are the Halachos that I'm placing before you. Uh, the Medrash says that placing before you, what does that mean? Tasim Lufnehem, so Moshe, Hashem said to Moshe, put the Halachos in front of them like a Shulchan Aruch, like a set table. So that the Jews can, you know, easily access them or access them, uh, and that's I'm not sure if you know, but that that's where the the phrase Shulchan Aruch comes from. But that again, that's a, basically a book of setting the halachos right in front of us. Okay, either way. So if you look at Mishpatim, right, most of the parsha uh, is a slew of random halachos, but none of uh, again, again, we mentioned the Machogas, the Ramban, and Rashi, whether it's a continuation, but but everybody basically asks, right? Regardless, regardless of when this actually happens, right? In the Torah narrative, right, you have Parshas Yisro 
And then you have the end of Mishpatim, which is also Maimon Arsini. So why does the Torah interject these random halachos right, into the middle of the narrative of Kabbalah's Torah? So I heard a beautiful answer from Shlomo Klagsbald, who's the Rav here and, uh, at the Shul, uh, shul we dive in at, called the Teret Nof. And he said the following. He said, when B'nai Israel were crossing the Amsuf, Right, so the Medrash says, right, the Medrash explains in Parshas B'Shalach that the, the, the accuse, I think it's in B'Shalach, that the accusing angel, right, the Yitzhahara, the whatever it is, the, the angel of death, whatever angel it is up there, right, was accusing them and asking Kosh Baruch Hu, why are you saving the Jews? Right, famous line, Halalu Ovdei Avodazara, Valali Ovdei Avodazara. Right, they, both of them are Ovdei Avodazara. The Jews worshipped Avodazara, the, the Mitzrim worshipped Avodazara. So why are you saving them, the Jews, and not the Mitzrim? And the Meshachachma asks, I don't understand. Where was the angel until now? Right? Where was he during the, all the makos? Right? Only now, all of a sudden, now he comes up with this whole great chap. Oh, both of the nations are over the Vodazara. What do you? Where have you been? Like, Gosh Baruch has been saving Am Yisrael during all these makos. Right? The Torah talked about how he separates between Bnei Yisrael and the Mitzrim all the time. Right? That's uh, it, literally every makah is like that. So wh- wh- why now? Right, was uh, is all of a sudden he comes up with this idea. So Meshachachma explains that up until now, Bnei Yisrael were what he calls Mushar and Midos. Their Midos were fantastic. Right? They weren't fighting, they weren't saying Lashon Har, etc. But now, as the different measures explains, that, that Bnei Yisrael had basically split into four factions as to how to deal with what was going on. Right? The Mitzrayim were closing in and they were stuck by the water. Right? What do we do? So well, one, one faction wanted to go back to Egypt, one wanted to go into the sea, one wanted to fight. Okay, So they, they were arguing amongst each other. Right, and now that they were split apart, so the angel argued that they should be judged as individuals instead of a seaboard. So the Mishachachma goes and to use this concept, right, to build answers to many other questions, right, could die to see it for yourself, but for our purposes right now, right, so he explains that when the seaboard is worshipping of a Zara, so Pasuk says, Hashochini tam besoch tu masam. Right, that uh, that's a uh, that's a part of Pasuk in Achremos, that a Baruch Hu right, dwells amongst us. Right with our within our tuma while we are tummy. Now that's not the context of, of the pasuk, but but he uses that the phrase to explain that Kosh Baruch Hu is still with us. Right, even when we're all tummy together, Kosh Baruch is still with us. But if there's a lashon hara and there's divisiveness amongst the people, so then Bnei Yisrael, then Kosh Baruch Hu removes his shechina. Right, Chas Shalom is if to say, well, if you guys don't want to live together, so I don't want to live together with you either. And this, says Rav Klagsbald, is why Parshat Mishpatim is in between Maimed Harsinai. Why the Beinadam Lachavero Halachos were taught first, as it were. Right? Again, Maimed Harsinai, Ve'lo HaMishpatim. Why do we dive right into right, the, the Halachos between man and fellow man? Because if we're not able to recognize the godliness in each other, right? the Chelek of the Kamimal, so how are we supposed to recognize the godliness in the Kosh Baruch Right? Kosh Baruch tells us time and time again that he cares about Beinadam Lachavero Right, and uh, I don't want to say more, but definitely, definitely on par with the halachos uh, of Ben Adam and Makom. Right, for example, right again, we, we've quoted before, but the Mabul, right, by the by the Mabul, Dora Mabul, Kosh Baruch Hu wiped them out, uh, and later in Parshas Noach, by the Dora Flaga, right, by the build the Tower of Bavel, so Kosh Baruch Hu didn't kill anybody; he just dispersed them throughout the entire. Uh, through that, the entire world, and at first glance, it's very strange. The door, the the, the Dora Flaga built a tower to rebel against God. But the, the Mabul, okay, they were a bunch of bums. They were stealing from each other, Hamas, okay, whatever, other Averos, etc. But Kosh Baruch Hu wiped them out. So that's what the Medrash explains. That this is our idea, that, that when there's machlokas, when there's infighting, society can't recover. Right? By the door of Flaga, they were building the Tower of Bavel. They were together, right? But Pazik says, Vayu Safamachad, right? Dvarim Achadim, that they were of one light, of one like mind, and one kind of message. 
in one mission. So he didn't kill anybody, he just separated them because, listen, they, they were bound together for, uh, for a lousy purpose. Uh, that's, that's the idea. Um, you know, that we have to view our fellow people, right, as fellow people. I remember a friend of mine told, told me a story that uh, he went to the bank once to take out some money, and there was a woman uh, sitting outside, right, asking for money outside Bank of Poland. Right? A little bit, uh, not, like, not, like a, not like a standard uh, type of one, like a little bit off, a little bit weird. So he, he said, you know, he said he felt bad, right, he just got to the ATM, uh, and he, he bent down to give her some money, and, and she basically... You know, she explained to him, and he waited as he's a he's a he's a tremendous tzaddik. So he waited for a minute to let her explain what her what she's doing, and she needed money for this and money for that, and she had some sort of medicines and whatever. She wasn't looking uh, for you know just a you know a shekel handout. She really needed some some actual legitimate help. And and aside from the money, he, she said to him, right, while she was kind of saying this in a little bit weird, kind of off, very fast paced way, right? She said to him, you know, you're the first person. Right, to view me as a person instead of just a tzedakah box. And I, when he told me that story, I thought that story was very, very powerful. Because a lot of people, right, again, when we, when we pass people on the street, you know, if we give them tzedakah, God bless us. But it, it's not more than just a, you know, a reach into your pocket and a grunt and a, and a here's a shekel or here's a dollar or whatever. Right, it's the first person to view her as a person and actually listen to what she was saying, as instead of viewing her as a stuck box. So that's what we got. We got to put the emphasis into Benadim Luchavero. I would argue it's definitely the more ignored side uh, of the Luchos. Right? Again, I'm not even sure how many people think about you know uh, murder. Right? Obviously, that's it's not something we contemplate. Not something we really contemplate. But uh, the uh, the 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 end of it, Losachmo, don't be jealous. Right? That for sure. Right? We kind of don't pay attention to either, uh, whether it's because we think it's not attainable, or how could you tell me not to be jealous? Okay, that's a dishmuz in and of itself, but uh, definitely the banan l'chaver are things that need to be emphasized, and that's what the Torah does, right, by putting mishpatim, right, in between the Mayan Arsina narrative uh, to kind of emphasize that that is really where we, where we have to start. Okay, uh, moving on. We'll jump to the end of the parsha a little bit, and then we'll, we'll come back. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with the the great Mila that Bnei Yisrael said Nasa Venishma, right? Bnei Yisrael said Nasa Venishma, right? The Gemara in uh, I think it's Shabbos and Nafbeches. Who taught you the, right the phrase that the angels say? The angels say Nasa Venishma. How uh, it's unbelievable that they put Nasa before Nishma, um, and and it's and because again because of this great response, you know, Bnei Yisrael merited many things. That Gemara there in Shabbos and Nafbeches right, told us that uh, six hundred thousand angels came, tied crowns on each head, one for Nasa, one for Nishma. Right, Bnei Yisrael said, "Kosh uh, called them Bnei B'chori Yisrael." Right, you are my son and my firstborn. Right, that uh, you know. Okay, what what was so great about those words? What was so great about Nasa and Nishma? Now, I, I don't want to focus, right, most of those different Torah, what you'll hear from now on, right, when people say, what was so great about Nasa and Nishma, they'll, they'll talk about what was so great about putting Nasa before Nishma, right, the putting we will do and then we will hear, right, that's usually what people talk about. But I want to focus on something slightly different, um, because if you look at the text, right, if you look at the Chumash, so the Torah says two other places, right, it records two in two other places, both in Parshish Yisro. Right, and in our parsha, right, like even a couple of psukim earlier, before Nasa and Nishma, but Bnei Yisrael say something to the to, to the effect of Kol Hadvarim or Kol Asher Diber Hashem Nase. Meaning Bnei Yisrael already said Nase twice without the Nishma. Right? So before you even get to what is so great about putting Nase before Nishma, we have to talk about what is Nishma. 
right? What is so great about Nishma? Why did, when they added that, right? Why was it so great? And then I could talk about right why NASA came first, but but what's what's uh, what's so great about NASA? So I saw a beautiful answer, uh, a sefer by uh, Rav Baruch Simon called Imri Baruch. He said the following: So the Gemara Exubis and Dafay says that Adam A person shouldn't hear right things dvarim betelim, kind of silly things, pointless things. Because they enter into the limbs, and the Maral explains in the Chidusha Agados that a person is like a house. Right, a person's ears are like the door, and since a person is like this kli, right, this utensil that collects things, meaning that man intellect, man's intellect, right, takes everything into into his brain and experiences right, that he kind of processes through his brain. So, if a person's ears are his door into his house. So those are the things that enter into our bodies. That's exactly exactly what the Gemara says. So says Rav Simon, Rav Simon says, that's why it's so important for us to have, for example, a Masora transmitted from generation to generation, to person to person, through hearing, right? Because if a person would just read the Torah without any explanation whatsoever, right, it would ring slightly hollow, right? I'm sure you've read a textbook or 10, right, where <laughs> it's just brutal prose over and over and over and very often I, you know you, ha- you can have that experience if you're just reading for example the english translation of the bible it's not it's not particularly exciting or inspiring so without the teacher's explanation right without the you know the back and forth right the text is uh, at best you know eccentric and a little bit off and at worst very completely boring and something you'd put down in 10 minutes so what would happen if lost their willingness to listen their ability to listen says solomon that's exactly the problem with the bensora mora right the rebellious child right that we have in parshish kisaitse it says that a child who rebels against their parents is put to death right, because of the future. Inevitably, he's going to grow into stealing, murderous, right? He's, so we kill him now, right? Before he does such terrible uh, averos. So says Rav Matzias of Solomon, the Mashkiach, I think he's Rav Shleim, Rav Even if he doesn't, he should feel good. I think it's Mashkiach in Lakewood, I think, right? So uh, what was what's the underlying problem with Ben Soramora? What's what's the what's the problem? He steals some meat, right? He steals some wine, or he steals some money to buy meat and wine. What's the great clue here that tells us that he's going he's he's a lost cause? So if you look at the pesukim, right? Look in Dvarim Chafal of Yudches. Again, or that's the beginning of the right, the beginning of the parsha, or towards the beginning of the parsha. Ki yeli ish ben surer more inenu shomea bekol aviv He doesn't listen to his parents. If you are so, they warn him, Velo Yishma Alehem, and he doesn't listen, right? And Valmru and Elzikneiro, and the parents go and they tell the elders, and they say, Benenu Zesurera our son is not is not doing so good. Enenu Shomea Bikolenu, right? He doesn't hear, he doesn't listen. Look, notice how many times the Torah says the word listen. So Matthew Solomon says that's exact. That's the problem, right? He fails. He fails to listen. He's unable to hear, right? And and, and as we'll illustrate in a second, right? Hear does not just mean listen. It means hear and internalize, right? It doesn't just mean to listen. We'll do that, you know, but we say, when we say Shema Yisrael, for example, right, we don't mean listen, right? You, translate, you read the English translation, it's listen, O Israel, God is one. Yeah, okay, I heard you. <laughs> I heard you every day, right? God is one. What does that even mean? I don't know. Listen, O Israel, God is one. What, uh, so Shema Yisrael, Shema doesn't, Nishma doesn't mean to hear. It does, but it means to hear and think and understand and internalize and contemplate, right? The ability to listen and, and to and, and the the willingness to kind of think about Akash Baruch and the Torah and the readiness, right, to 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 learn, 
and delve into deep understandings of Akash Baruch to learn the halachos, to open, to, to have world view of Yiddishkeit, even when maybe it's not the most popular or the most easiest way of life. Right? It's so much deeper than that. That's Nishma. Right? It's not just Nasa. It's not just we're going to do the mitzvahs. Sure. It's not just blind faith. It's Nishma. It's also delving in and understanding and trying to come to a greater appreciation um, of Akash Baruch Hu and the truth and the emes that he was trying to teach us right, in the Torah. That was a great, that's the great lesson of Nishma. Uh, and that's, you know, that Koch uh, that we should be able to use that uh, for its ultimate purpose. All right. Let's go back a little bit for another reason that I didn't really organize these Divrei Torah <laughs> in order. Uh, usually I try to get it in order, order of the Parsha. But uh, let's go back a little bit uh, to some uh, of the Halachos Ben Amal Chavero, just because uh, it's Kedai. Um, the Torah says, or the Torah tells us, one of the Halachos that we talk about uh, is uh, a partial, partial we're slightly familiar with, if for no other reason that we read it on Cholamoy Pesach. Right, the Pazik says, Im right, if, you, uh, if you loan out some money to my nation, right, it is Hani Imach, right, the poor person with you, you lose yellow Kenosha. Don't be like someone who's uh, coming to, uh, to, uh, to force his hand in terms of, um, in terms of the, 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 the paying back. Right, don't take interest. Right, don't, be a, don't, be a, don't be a creditor to him, etc. A mitzvah that probably doesn't get enough play. Uh, to be honest, is is this mitzvah to hand out loans, right? We obviously hear a lot about tzedakah, and, and rightfully so, right? The Gemara says in Tainus and Dovtes. Hold on one second. Yeah, buddy. Okay, let's go potty. Okay, where were we? <laughs> That's the, one of the perils of... Uh, recording a shear uh, at home. <laughs> um, okay, again, right. In Kesef Talva Asami, right? A mitzvah that, uh, uh, to hand out loans. And obviously, right, as we mentioned, we, we talk obviously all about stucca and, and rightfully so, right? The Gemara Daftainis, Daftes, uh, says that we're allowed to test the Gosh Baruch when giving stucca. But the mitzvah here, right, here is not necessarily stucca, but it's here, but it's about giving your money out for a loan. Now, I'm not sure how many kids are able to do this, right? Or even, you know, first year, second year of college, uh, students are able to do this mitzvah necessarily, but I, I did want to mention it because it's something to keep in mind, first of all, for the future. Uh, you should be zocha to do um, mitzvahs with your money, and that's not only, you know, buying a lulav and and paying for your kids' tuition, it's also uh, and giving out loans and, and helping other people make ends meet uh, in that way. Uh, but the, also the underlying principle here is, is also is also very chashiv. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, when he goes through this pasuk in Sichus Moser and Maimer Memhe, when he points out that these psukim that we read, right, these psukim are basically known as Parsha Zachasid, and he basically quotes Rashi, uh, but it's, uh, and just to, I'm just going to read it in order a little bit, it's it's almost entirely just quoting Rashi, but the message is, is fantastic, and it's pretty powerful. So it's chashiv to read them kaseder, so we'll just, we'll just read them in order quickly. Right, in Kesef Taves Ami, right, if you lend money to my nation, right, Rashi quotes over here that, Rabbi Shmuel says that every im in the Torah, right, im kesef tavesami, right, if you lend money to my nation, Rabbi Shmuel says that every im in the Torah is something that's permissible, that's not obligatory, that's an option, right, except for three, and this is one of them, right, meaning chesed is not an option, right, we kind of view, right, chesed uh, as being something that nice people do. Right, but that's not true. It's a mitzvah, right? It's not just for the nice people or for the uber righteous, right, etc. It's not just for the or chesed organizations. It's olam chesed yibaneh, right? This is one of the pillars of the world, right? Torah avod the gemilas chasadim, 
right? And and this and this is chesed. Loaning someone money is a chesed. It's not sdaka, right? Again, as as the psukim illustrate, right? The the kavod, right? That you're uh, that you're supposed to treat someone with, right? To kind of treat him as a person. And and therefore, what that means is, right? Again, like the I think it's a Chinese proverb that says, right? It's better to teach a man to fish than to give him a fish or something like that. Right? If you're loaning someone money, right? If you're helping them get off the ground, right? Helping their business start or whatever, right? You're not making them feel like a beggar. Right, you're helping them refinance their house or whatever. It's a chesed. It's mamash a chesed. And so instead of giving them money, and you would give them money, right? You get stucker to give, right? But instead of giving them stucker, right? You give them a loan. That's a chesed, right? Just that little phrase change, change in phraseology, right? Helping them with their suitcase. It's just like helping them with their suitcase or an old lady crossing the street or whatever. It, giving them money for as a loan is a tremendous chesed because it makes them feel so much better about themselves okay esami right you'll lend my nation right rashi quotes here you shouldn't be mevaze the person when you're giving them a loan there's a special chiv a special mitzvah to act with decency when lending money right money money does weird things to people right for whatever reason money makes them people feel inadequate if they don't have it and it makes them feel arrogant if they do Right, and Rav Chaim points out, right, it's hard for people to do this, right, to, to be nice when giving away money, when lending someone else money, right? Our natural, again, human inclination, not to say less than her about anybody, human nature, our natural inclination is just not to give out money, right, as if it's not ours, right, not to be liberal with lending out money. So he says it's hard for a person to do this, but we have a special mitzvah to be as nice as possible and as considerate as possible. Right, when lending money, right? Your nation, where the pasuk says, lend out to your nation, right? With me, so the Rashi says over there, or with you, right? Having mistakel ba'atzmacha ki'ilu ata ani, right? right? The ani, the poor person should be with you. So Rashi says, you should look at yourself as if you are an ani, right? The Torah commands us to put ourselves in the borrower's shoes, right? Fascinating, right? To to for us to view as if we're the borrower. And he's the lender, not in some like fluffy way that like he who really gives really actually receives, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's true, but that, that's not the point, right? Yes, when you give, you receive and you create a bond and you create love, fine, okay, Rav Dessler, wonderful. But that's not the point. The point here is not only to treat the guy who's borrowing the money in a nice way, but to view yourself as if you're the borrower, right? To empathize with them completely. Right, to put yourself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from and treat them like you would want to be treated if Rahman al son you needed uh, money in a pinch. Uh, the Pazik says, Lo siya kenosha, lo siya lo kenosha. What does that mean? Alti dome alav kilu helviso, el kilu lo helviso. Don't be like to him as if he borrowed money to you. Rather be right regard interact with him as if he didn't borrow money with you. Right? Fascinating, right? At, when you see this person in shul. Act as if nothing happened. Right? Don't carry yourself as if you have one up on this person. Like, yeah, you know, I like, uh, you know, that million dollar business that he just built. I lent him. I lent him money. I helped him get off the ground. Right? Don't even pretend like you lent him the money. Right? Don't even pretend that there's anything between you except true friendship. Right? Carry yourself as if he did not lend money from you. Right? That's again a tremendous high level. But because you probably feel great about your, you know, your incredible generosity and. And you know the fact that you can help out a person, right? It makes you feel good, but right? Don't, don't even hold that over him.
And finally, <coughs> don't take interest from him, right? Don't take any interest whatsoever, right? Nothing at all. No favors, no nothing above and beyond the money you lent him. Says Reb Chaim, and again, those are, those are the, uh, that's just Pashab Shah. That's right. We're reading Rashi, right? On the Chumash. What does this Pasuk entail? What does this Mitzvah entail? Says Reb Chaim, these are all extremely high levels, right? And they're basically Pashab Shah in the Psukim. Right, Rav Chaim Shmuel, he asks, what, what, these are chiyuvim for everybody, right? For even uh, Joe Shmo Jew, right? the regular Pasha the Yid. These are super high levels. It's not like Hilcha Shabbos, where you, if enough study, okay, right, you can, you can, believe me, you can hold yourself back from tying your shoelace in a double knot, right? You can, if you know the halakos of Shabbos, right, you can do these things. Right? That's, that's for everybody. But it's not a particularly high level to refrain from eating pig, right? For me, okay, maybe for some people it is, but it's generally attainable. These are, you're supposed to lend someone, you know, a real sum of money and pretend like it never happened. Right? These are commanded to every Jew. You're supposed to view yourself as a borrower when you lend someone money. Right? And then if you don't do this, then then we're taken to task for it. Right? The Pesukim end. If you look at those Pesukim in the Torah, that if you don't do these things and the poor person cries out to Gosh Baruch, Gosh Baruch will listen and then we'll be liable. These are really high levels. So it says Rav Chaim, Excuse me. Yup, they are really high levels. But when a person does chesed, right, they are raised up to a level that's so high that that they are not only able to accomplish these levels, but they are mechuyuv in these levels. They are obligated in these levels. We get a boost of spirituality, and our level is raised to the point where we can do it. Right? He quotes the Gemara above Basra and Daf Yud. Right? The Pesach Mishlei says, "It's Daka." Uh, I think Tomerim Goy, the Pasuk says, Vechesed Leumim Chatas, something to that effect. Right? Tzedaka Tzeromim Goy, oh, Tzeromim, yeah, that's the word. Tzedaka Tzeromim Goy, Tzedaka will lift up a nation, that's Bnei Yisrael. Vechesed Leumim Chatas, but the Chesed of the other nations is a sin, that's referring to the other nations. Why? Because the other nations, all the Chesed that they do is really a Chet. Right? It's not for the right reasons. It's really just to benefit themselves, or at least somewhat. Right? At least somewhat. And since their chesed is really for themselves, Kumar says without proper mindset, so that's called a chataz, that's called a sin. And it, I, it's better right, that they not do it at all. Right? Again, it calls to mind the Gemara beginning of, of Avodah Zarah, where Kumar Baruch judges the nations and says, what did you do for the world? And the Romans say something to the effect of, well, we built all these marketplaces and roads and bathhouses, and they say, oh, it was for the Jews. Right, really, and a Kosh Baruch says to them, shaitim sheva shaitim, right? something like that to that effect. Like, you, you idiots, right? You, all, you built that all for yourselves. Or for all do you to enjoy, right? And then the Persians come and they say they built bridges and whatever and did it all for the Jews. And Hashem says you didn't do for the Jews, right? You did it for yourself, right? Again, you did it all for yourself, right? So that's that's the 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 thing from the Goyim. But the Jews, the Jews do chesed. That's for that's for for their other people, right? And that's considered to be that that lifts us up. And it, the chesed lifts us up. It literally lifts us up spiritually <clears throat> to the point where. <coughs> Excuse me. We could attain these very, very high levels. So several, several lessons from this fascinating mind. And Rav Chaim goes on, but just to, to cut it short, several lessons. First of all, chesed is not an option, right? It's not just a nice thing, right? It's 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 a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah, just like Shabbos and Kashrus and Lulav, right? Or whatever. It gets it's mitzvah Samach Vav, Samach Zayin, and the Chinuch, right? Sefer Chinuch counts it as mitzvahs, but we tend not to take these Chesed mitzvahs as seriously as the Beidan al Makom stuff. But it's real, right? As we mentioned. Second of all, the mitzvah elevates us. Chesed elevates us. 
It's not just like the default, right? That I teach in the seminary. So you guys, you know, it's not that just you guys go and have have chesed because you know you're not studying Torah all day, right? So so they do. I guess well, we got nothing to program, nothing to plug in here on a Wednesday, so we'll just throw in chesed. <laughs> okay. First of all, it's not because they can't be learning, right? Obviously, the girls can be learning. That's a schmooze for another time, right? There's plenty, plenty for the women to learn uh, the halachos that are relevant to them, etc. That's not for now. But <laughs> more important, chesed is a huge mitzvah. And to be honest, it begs the question why the guys aren't doing chesed. But okay, fine, that's that's not a, not a schmooze for now. But it elevates our spiritual character and it imposes on us these chiyuvim, which seem extreme, but they're not really. Right? Don't think you can empathize with someone else. You, you don't think you can see yourself in someone else's shoes? Well, maybe you should try. Right? I bet you can, right? to su- even to some degree, right? without any practice. Right? And do it often enough, right? it might even come easy. Right? And finally, finally, the last lesson, more generally, is that don't sell yourself short. Right? Don't think you can part with your money? Try it. Right? Don't, you don't think you can avoid mentioning the loan to your friend that you haven't, he hasn't paid back in over a year or something? Try it. Right? Don't mention it to him. Right? How do you think that guy's feeling right now anyway? Right? He borrowed money from you, but right? he can't repay it? Right? I'm sure he felt like a loser when he had to borrow the money to dig himself out of a hole. How do you think he feels now when he can't even repay the loan he borrowed from a good friend of his? Right? You, you can do it. You cannot mention it. You can pretend like it didn't happen. Right? Don't sell yourself short. You can do these mitzvahs. Right? They seem hard at first glance, but we have it in us. Right? And that's why, otherwise, the Kosh Baruch Hu wouldn't command us to do them. Okay. Fine. Let's just do one more. <laughs> the Pazik says, uh, very, you know, the context is uh, almost cinematic, right? If you, uh, if you, you know, are into that type of stuff. Two people are fighting. <clears throat> Some guy, one guy hits another guy, right? And he doesn't die from the injury, but he, he falls into, uh, into uh, he goes to the hospital, he's laying there, right? And the Torah goes back and forth. If he survives, he doesn't survive, right? If he survives, the Pazik says, for a the guy has to pay him, uh, and you know, and, and the Gemara's obviously go over uh, go over all the details in terms of how much uh, someone who injures his fellow has to pay him. The Gemara Bavakama and says something completely at first glance, something seemingly totally not related. Learns something else entirely from this pasuk. Gemara says that the pasuk, this pasuk, gives permission for doctors to heal people. What in the world does that mean? So Rashi explains, meaning a, a sick person. This Pazik tells me that a sick person is allowed to go to a doctor. Why, why, why would you think he couldn't? Well, says, Rashi explains, because after all, Kosh Baruch Hu made that person sick. Right? How dare he go to simple flesh and blood right, to go against the will of the Almighty? So that Pazik teaches me that the Torah the Torah allows this. Right? right? He will go heal himself. That normal Ishtadlis means... He can go to doctors and professionals and seek their opinion and, and try and get better. Ask the Chavetz Chaim, where in the world did you get that from the Pusuk? Right? I, I get it. Okay, for a point, you're a pay, meaning he'll go get healed. Okay, there's a concept. But the context is one guy beating up another guy. How much does he pay him if he survives? Like, where? how do we get from there to wondering if we have permission to go to a doctor to heal an illness? Some guy is fighting with somebody else. He hits somebody else. What does that have to do with anything? So the Chavetz Chaim says <clears throat> that this Pasuk is coming to teach us that even if Reuven hits Shimon, right, and Shimon thinks that it's, you know, it seems that Reuven is the one, is the aggressor here. Shimon has to know 
that Reuven didn't really hit him in the sense that it's Reuven's fault. Right? The hit didn't come from flesh and blood at all. Right? It didn't come from Basar Badam. It came from Akash Baruch Hu, right? Because a person can't do anything to damage you if that's not decreed in Shammai. Really, it's Akash Baruch Hu, Kivyachal, doing the hitting. Right, if uh, so, right, again we don't we don't get if, it, if we don't get mad at the stick, right? If a person hits, right, I think a dog gets mad at the stick, right? If a person hits a dog with a stick, so the, do- the dog will turn around and bite the stick. The stick is not what's doing it; it's the person behind it, right? Coach Baruch is the one for whatever reason decided that you needed this X, Y, and Z to happen to you. So therefore, the puzzle teaches very well that it's mutter for us to go seek healing for a hit that or some illness or some injury that Coach Baruch did to us. And for a poyu rape, and you're allowed to go assault, you heal yourself for that. Rav Melech, Rav Melech Biederman explains that if we approach our negative experiences in this manner, right, instead of looking for those who have wronged us or whatever, or even looking inward to say that, oh, I just wasn't careful, or I made a mistake, or whatever, but we realize that these things, that whatever it is that happens to us, is coming from Akash Baruch Hu. So then the Torah guarantees that Hashem will help us out of whatever darkness that we're in. Right? Quotes a shot from Rabbi Avram, Benosh Rambam. The Pazik says later in the Pazik, uh, I guess early in the Parsha probably. Uh, I think earlier. Okay, whatever. That that concept is uh, by Ir Miklat. Right? Maybe, you know, maybe it's later, I don't remember. Uh, that is by Ir Miklat, that a person didn't plan on like, killing somebody. Right, caused it to happen. Right? And then he will he will put a, he will make us a place where there will be a place where that accidental quote unquote that negligent murderer the murder can run to the ear mikla, and meaning another. But if you take that that puzzle and kind of read it in our context, right? If you don't look for a reason to pin this bad thing on anything, but you have amuna bitachon. And bringing you that Kosh Baruch is bringing you to whatever it is. Then Kosh Baruch says, "Right, I'm going to bring you. I'm going to give you a place where you can run to. Right, I'm going to provide you for you a way out. Right, and then we have to look at our lives and, and things that happen to us, right, as messages from Kosh Baruch Right, and not only things that happen to us personally, but things that happen to Am Yisrael. Uh, you know, we have to look at recent events and wonder about the messages that Kosh Baruch is sending to us. You know, the last, unfortunately, in Eretz Yisrael, as we said, we mentioned it. Right, the last uh, two terror attacks, right? There was stabbings in, in the Yaakov, and there was a ramming in Ramot. I'm sure Rabbanim have talked about this, and I'm sure others have different takes on it. But that's that's kind of what it's about, right? We look at events and we we see what it means to us. To me, they both happened either on Shabbos or erev Shabbos, right? To so a family in Shabbos clothes waiting by a bus stop to go somewhere for Shabbos. And now, again, I'm honestly, personally, I feel like I'm someone who who kind of has Hilcha Shabbos pretty down. But may, I, even I am thinking to myself, like, maybe I need to review and up my game and kind of delve back into Hilcha Shabbos. I feel like it's a deliberate message about Hashemir Shabbos. Both of those things happen on Shabbos, on Friday night or on Arab Shabbos, right? And make no mistake, this is from a Kosh Baruch Hu, right? And, now, and I'm not saying it's a failing of that family, Chas Shalom Adarabah. The opposite is true, right? These are tzaddikim that have, Kosh Baruch Hu have decided to bear this, terrible terrible tragedy for am yisrael right uh, and and you all you need to do is watch some of the interviews of these families to know how special these families are so we have to take it to heart and, and get understand that these messages are for us are for am yisrael right 
uh, I remember, you know, after the Harnof massacre, I wasn't actually living here yet, but I, I, I get, I posted something. I think it was, was it, what was Facebook or something, and said something to the defense that that our response should be to to search our own davening and, and search our own behavior in shul, and someone commented something to the effect of, well, how dare you blame the victims? Right? We should be blaming the Arabs, and and yes, obviously, in a very infantile approach to the world, yes, okay, it's, I'm not. But that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying that the victims deserved any of this or that they're to blame. They're, again, tremendous holy people who were chosen as korbanos right, for whatever reason. But what is our response personally when we don't, you know, when we don't have any connection to these people other than they are Jews who died because they were Jews? What do you do with that personally? And the answer is to look inward. Because I've told us in many, many contexts that we have to look inward obviously you take practical steps and do ishtadlis right you have the police on the streets and you put up barriers by the bus stops etc fine but the job of us what we are supposed to do in an individual level right is to look inward and see what we can grow from this and maybe be zocha mitzvah to see the end of the tzaros uh, and Akash Baruch Hu should grant us a salvation. We have Shabbos Mavarchem, which Chodesh other should be a, a month of Simcha and Sason and the Nisim, both Nistarim and Gluyim, right, for all of Am Yisrael. Uh, Amen, Kenny Rotsam. Have a great Shabbos, everybody.